0: Terrell, please welcome. Please welcome.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you for um, for giving me the opportunity to be on the show. I'm excited to share a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of background on kind of my stance on um, finances and business and, you know, et cetera.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, For the people that don't know you, Terrell, can you give them a a basic background of yourself?
1: Yeah. So um, my name is Terrell Davis. People call me T-Time for short. Um, I would consider, I usually say, I'm um, three things, serial entrepreneur, investor, philanthropist. Um, serial entrepreneur, because I've created a couple companies and kind of use one company to invest in another one and kind of go from there. Uh, when it comes to investor, after I probably started my fourth company, I decided to kind of get into the investment realm um, and invested in restaurants like Superhero Chef Chain. Um, also um and then from there i kind of went more of the philanthropic work um and kind of did a combination of investing in philanthropic. which i have my latest venture called hbcuc um, pretty much a venture capital firm that is providing um investment funding for hbcu alumni student faculty and staff members whether they're current or past so that's kind of my like my latest venture my passion is really just being able to um You know, start something from the ground, um, planting that seed and really investing in our community, because I feel like that's key to generational wealth and breaking generational curses. So, you know, that's um, born in Lexington, Kentucky, grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, um, attended Oakwood University and got my degree in accounting. Um, but yeah, i loved entrepreneurship since I was a candy man in my elementary school. <laughs> and, um, you know, from there I realized that, um, you know, entrepreneurship was in my vein. I feel like so many people are like born with entrepreneurship and it's like, right. no matter what, you know, you do what you can to make it happen. So, um, I'm glad about my journey and, and glad to see where it's going to go from here.
0: Now, you know, that's interesting that you, you went through all these different journeys to get you Ooh. to the point where you're at right now and um but how what what made you decide to say I'm going to go into becoming a VC
1: yeah um i think the main thing decided when i was in a VC one of the first companies i started while in college was an app called rideversity um and it was pretty much a carpooling app for college students and i pitched it to a university to create this mileage plan program and it's like when you come off the school you get Mill points, and you can use those mill points to buy whatever. Um, I wanted this thing called the Ride Mile Plan, and that means you'll get 500 miles. You can use that 500 miles to go wherever you need to go. And um, the university was contemplating investing over half a million dollars into this um, technology company that I built ride sharing, um, and they end up buying or you know investing in another franchise actually. And um, at that moment, I realized that you know they wanted to play it safe because they weren't unsure with. Should we make an investment should we take the liability risk? Um, and after I graduated and kind of made my investments in restaurants and stuff like that, um, last year 2019 um, it kind of hit me again it was like I was reminiscing on the struggle of raising capital and um, and I was like, you know what we need something like that like I need to go back uh, my university actually hit me up and they said they wanted me to be an entrepreneur and resident to build out their entrepreneurship center and during that process of building um helping them build out the entrepreneurship center i was like we need to create a funding vehicle for this and i was like i don't want to just apply for my hbcu i wanted to apply to all hbcus and i was like what what a difference it would be if hbcus came together with a big pile of money and made investments in our own people and being able to own our own businesses and kind of in a sense build multiple black wall streets in these particular um communities so Last year, it kind of came to me, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna make this happen." And that's kind of how I moved forward with HBCC, and kind of went into the VC space.
0: get the VC space, and you, you, you guys raised up. Uh, for, if I remember correctly, you guys um, raised about ten million dollars, correct?
1: So we're in our so we're still in our funding raise now. So okay. our, sorry. So how VC pretty much works is that when you first start, you say your funding pool is 10.7, our funding is 10.7 million. So we will be raising our goal is that we're trying to close that that funding pool by the end of this year. And once you raise your fund, then that's when you start deploying capital. Um we're gonna start deploying our capital probably at the middle around June. Um, but that's like our goal. And then once we finish this fund, we'll raise another fund, which our next fund is supposed to be around $25 million. So um, that's our goal. Wow.
0: Yeah. And it, when you invest, right, um, I know you, hear, you get a lot of pitches, right? A lot of people <laughs> yeah. is pitching left and right. <laughs> yeah. A lot of entre- entrepreneurs. Yeah. But now let, let's put it this way, right? You're getting all these sales pitches. And I know you have to say no a lot. Yes. All right, because what's <laughs> so many that you can bring on board? Correct. Now, how do you select which ones that you're gonna go work with, and what 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 would you say is the targeting point for you to want to invest in this company or this um, startup? Yeah.
1: So um, that's a great question. So how we do our investment um, or make our investment decisions? When I first got in the VC world, I was didn't know nothing about VC. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know, raising the fund. I was like, I got an idea. I like it. I got a cool name. Let me research it and kind of figure out. So one of the things I did that um, helped me or make my decisions is that I created a VC investment committee. And pretty much, I got VCs from Silicon Valley, from other big companies. And we have, we pretty, I Googled the 10 top VC industries that receive the most funding. And mm-hmm. I picked a VC from each industry to be on my investment committee. So if you come in and you're like, hey, I have a, um, a um, I'm pitching idea about consumer products or I'm pitching about healthcare, that now goes to the VC first. Then they make a recommendation if we should, you know, if they get it 50, they narrow it down and say, hey, these are the top 10. And these are the ones. So any one that they recommend, they're pretty much going to be the ones that are going to be the most successful because they've already done deals in this industry, in Silicon Valley and stuff like that. So we pretty much use their recommendations because that's when we hire them on our team to kind of filter. So that those are the ones that get to say the no. It's kind of harder. Once I get those top 10, it's harder for me to say no at that point because, um, you know, all of them can be successful. It really comes down do they fit with our like our branding does it fit Mm -hmm. like with you know what kind of company that we want to go with but not necessarily that they wouldn't be successful just are they fitting our current portfolio and are we diverse enough in each field Mm -hmm. so yes i get a lot of people that dm me um and i'm definitely trying to go through them all it can be hard (laughs) Um, especially people i'm a very um, personal person and i have uh, because i have other companies people Get through other companies to get oh, so they
0: they gravitate towards yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, but but you you know the good thing about it that you have a vetting process. A lot yeah. of uh, a a lot of people, uh a lot of other companies. I don't know what their vetting process is, but it looks like you got a vetting process to get at least the top ten.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So, because <laughs> we have our subcommittee that picks the majority, and then from those they send them to the main committee, and then our um our um general partners select the final selection. And the, uh, the goal is we'll be making quarterly investments. So even if one person doesn't get it, they do have opportunities to reapply and they reapply if they have, you know, new things that come up more, hopefully more revenue <laughs> or something like that coming in. So we kind of let let them know like, Hey, you didn't get it this time. But if you apply during the next quarter and you have, these things have changed. Cause the only things we want to know is like, has your revenue changed? Like, do you have a different thing? Like those are the things that's going to make it more tractable. Have you got different partnerships that we definitely want to know? Those mm-hmm. are things to reapply for. Cause that does happen. So we don't want to just be like, no, you didn't. We want you to kind of be able to like, okay, this didn't work for me. Let me go back to the drawing board and see what I can do to, you know, come back.
0: You, you list um two, two criterias, right? Yeah. Um, what other criterias that you would say would make a, a person more um, appealing for you to want to invest? So
1: um, I always have this thing that I bet on the jockey, not the horse. <laughs> and, um, right. and so it's, we, we are in the business of investing in people because everybody can have a great idea but it really comes down to how far that person is willing to go. Um, and I'm gonna tell like a brief story. Uh, one of my advisors that's in the VC industry, he told me this story about this lady that was created this hair care product that was revolutionary. And he pretty much was trying to get investment for her, but no one was really taking it up on, like giving getting, giving her funding. So he kind of didn't communicate with her for a couple, like probably a couple months. And she texted him and was like, "Hey, I got, I got, I found a way. I'm gonna get the money." So he called her up and he thinking that she was going to do a loan. And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to tell her that, you know, a loan is out the way, like you can get it some other way. And she's like, no, it's not a loan. I'm going to be a surrogate mother to raise money for my VC. Oh. And like wow. the, the what was crazy about that, it one let me realize that like how much minority businesses have to go so far to receive funding. And that was the sad part about it. But the other part about it is, is like, the fact that she would go that way—that left, you know, I whatever you are gonna, I, I trust you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know how you are gonna give my money back, but I know you are gonna rub me my money and it's gonna be on time. <laughs> like, and, like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's
0: not it's it, it, we're laughing, but yeah. it just it just shows it shows you how dedicated some people are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We they're they willing to go to that certain length for them to, you know, at least um, <laughs> yeah. at least get to the point where they need to get to. So yeah. and and this 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 thing that we a lot of us take for granted about when we get to certain opportunities, like, yeah, opportunities come and go, but some mm-hmm. opportunities, they don't last for very long. So you yeah. just got to take advantage of it. And you see who's really taking advantage and really, yeah. uh, you know, they getting deep. Yeah. to do what they need to do so yeah. th- that story is interesting so yeah. what was the outcome of that
1: so what ended up happening was so she had to do that in order to get the minimum bioproduct. product so you she had to get it to get like a a sample or get it to physically get made and then okay. she ended up getting funding from it so they pretty much the criteria was like come to us when you have a product that we can physically see you know, like we okay. want to, we want to, we want to, you know, they call it minimal Bible product. That's just something just like a, de- a demo, some kind of test product. Yeah, like yeah. we see it. Yeah, we believe it. But like, let's physically get it in our hands. And, you know, a lot of other companies, they'll just give funding to like, no, this idea, because you have this sense of like you're in Silicon Valley. And you could pitch a great idea and people going to throw millions. If you're a minority right. and they, it ain't going to be as easy as you think. So um, you know, that's kind of pretty much what ended up happening with her. And even me hearing the story, I was like, I don't know what she has because he didn't tell the detail of the thing. I was like, I want. In yeah. <laughs> like, what, like, what do I invest in? Like, <laughs> you know, she's gonna get like, to the finish
0: line, right? <laughs> you
1: gotta be something, you know. And, you know, so that was just my thing. Is like, you know, I guess you got the, you know, raise a baby to really raise your own baby, which people refer to your business as a baby, um, as a metaphor. So, but those are those are our criteria. Um, just we invest in people, just being able to see how someone is going to be able to sell that. Um, that's you know, having a good pitch deck is really key. Um, I feel like there's so many tools out there that you can um design or get someone to design. Like that's easy because at the end of the day, we are people that look through our eyes and and we're very visual. And to yes. keep in mind, even though I manage the fund, I also have to be accountable on what I invest in. So I have to have something presentable enough to give to my partners. So if I feel like it's kind of 2003 powerpoint or something like that <laughs> it's hard for me to pitch that you know to someone <laughs> unless you already got unless it's already already out there and it's fully going Then, then you. but if you're starting up i would say use these resources that make it as pretty as possible especially if you're pre-revenue mm. yeah
0: so uh um, i'm still laughing about that <laughs> earlier um so when the thing about the wind with a deck you can have a great deck, right? Mm-hmm. And I, and, I, and I've seen this too. Like somebody would have a great deck, but the presentation, the way they pitched it, was wrong, right? Yeah. Um. Maybe they didn't have they didn't take any um courses, they didn't take any classes. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes we could miss out on an opportunity because a person doesn't know how to um <laughs> present it well.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, when that happens, when you when you're looking at a deck and you're like, okay, I, I get a sense of this product. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not seeing the full potential because it, it's not being delivered correctly. Yeah. How do you gauge that? How do you go in and say, okay, uh, do you ask for like one uh, the, the test of the product? Do you mm-hmm. do uh, like a, a beta mm-hmm. to see how the product work and how long? Like, how do you you know mm-hmm. go about that?
1: The the best test is sales numbers. Um, because my degree is in accounting, everything go comes down to numbers. So if you are um post sales and you're already selling. I could care if you have a crappy deck, if the numbers are matching up with what your statistics are saying, that then we can have a conversation like, you know, that's really what it comes down to that. If you have the numbers, I always look at the numbers first. So that means whatever you're trying to push, that's what I know. If you're pre-revenue and you're trying to pitch an idea, like you said, you can miss out on opportunities like I can miss out on opportunity to fund you, but you could also miss out on opportunity to get funding, which would even bring you to. The stage to be successful, if that makes sense. So I right. do think it's very important that, like, um, I always try to do if I if I can kind of feel the vibe that maybe someone's nervous or they really have a good concept. I usually like to do pre like a post or pre interviews, and that means I'm just talking to you like if anybody else like forget the pitch, like really explain why you kind of started this, and it's like a not informal kind of interview because I want to get like your natural. Because sometimes when you get on camera, um, it can be very nervous. You can get nervous. You can kind of right. crack up. I just want to know like if you're just talking to me, like if you're trying to sell it to one of your friends or whatever the case might be, because then I also have to kind of understand what type of personality trait you are. Mm -hmm. And I also have to keep that in mind when I'm investing. So that means am I going to have to hire someone to sell to be your salesperson? Because you can have a great idea, but we also look at your team and I feel like the team is the most important because. You could have a great idea, but we could also help you with like, okay, maybe you don't need to be the one presenting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you might want to hire, you might want to get someone, yeah. to, and that's completely fine. Because I did that when I first started. Like, I at one time, one of my businesses, I had someone be a whole CEO. Like, it was a, it was, um, it was this someone that I felt like. I wanted to put in that place at the time because I felt like I was focused on back end stuff. Mm-hmm. And that person was more like in the light that could talk to people that wasn't afraid to do pitches. So I was like, honestly, take my, you know, take my reign. Like at the end of the day, I own the company so you can have the position. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just want the company to win. So if you can, if, if I find someone that owns a company and can be able to step down and put the right people in place, even if they're not right. the right person to be CEO, that shows a lot because at that point, you want the company to be successful, and the company's not surrounded around you, and that's the right. same for me at any stage of my life. If someone's coming, I'm like, dang, like that person can raise twenty five million. I will step down from HBCU seat and be like, you, 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 you're the fundraiser person, and let me be your hype man. <laughs> whatever you need, because that's my whole goal is for success. So whatever that right, comes, that right, right. you know, that's my goal for that.
0: Yeah, that's that. You, you that's so true because a lot of people they don't differentiate a difference between a, some, a CEO and a founder. Yeah, Like you could be a founder, but um, that doesn't mean that you're the CEO, vice yeah. versa, right? And to the point that you made, and I want to echo it some more, is the fact that uh, sometimes you got to do what's best for the company. Yeah. And I know somebody, I was reading up on this, uh, this uh, liquor brand company, and one of the one of the found, Well, it was two founders but mm-hmm. one of them was great at marketing mm-hmm. and the other one was great at um, finding resources mm-hmm. things like that but neither one of them had the salesman in them so yeah. they had to hire someone to become the salesperson and they eventually they made that person become the ceo because they knew what it took to to sell yeah uh so to your point yes you're right um mm-hmm. Whatever you need to do to make the company successful, yeah. and if yeah. you have to take a different role, yeah, that doesn't mean you, it's not your baby. Still, your yeah. baby, but then somebody may have to run the daily day operation, right? Yeah. If, if you don't have those skill set or mm. selling or marketing or whatever the case may be, yeah. Um, but that's good. But how do you determine, like, what's put it this way? Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you consider, or what industry would you consider is a uh, best investment for uh, a VC?
1: Um, I feel like the, 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 hot investments that are going now is, um, healthcare, logistics, um, and e-commerce are t- more, which is separate. I'll say technology. I would say those are my top four, um, technology, e-commerce. When I say e-commerce, I'm also thinking of like social media influencing. I feel like that's a whole, I feel like it should have its own niche, but I feel like it's so much money that's made from social media influencers <laughs> for product. They build a flaw following two or three and people follow their life and anything they do, they buy, like. They'll come up with five different lines. So it's like being able to invest. Um, that's actually one of my goals: is being able to invest in like a social media themed company. That means like that's powered within. Like the fact that like Fashion Nova became so successful off influencers. Social, yeah. Um. You know, like the power of like being able to get those people. And if you have the money, honestly, you could be pretty successful in the product industry if you had enough money to pay these influencers. And get those products out there like you could you could drop some bread and that's why i say it's important to like bring back to the ceo point like if you could pick any CEO, if i could if i could pick any ceo of any company and like if i gave them a salary and they would agree like you would go off of jeff Bezos, or you would go off of these big names and they were like hey i will be a ceo you without a doubt you would allow them to take over because you know their name brings value. And I feel like that's the same when it comes to like influencers and stuff like that. Their name brings value. They've built that up. So making sure you do that. So those are my top four. Technology, logistics, that's me transportation, big. Um, um, e commerce and um tech I forgot the I'm trying to think. Did I say four? I think I said before. Yeah, you said oh, yeah.
0: before. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's uh I I I agree with you with the social media thing. I think it should have his own. Uh, I don't even know if it's like our own sector. Like,
1: yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Where would that fall under? Like,
1: um, they, they want to put it under media. Like, you know, cause you have yeah. like shade room and stuff like that. But I would say that's not even that. Um, one company that did it well, I forgot it was called zeus network. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they're like, they pretty much hire social media um, and they have a network that they like, they just do content for them. So they do shows It's completely social media based. And like, I thought it was gene cause I had thought about like the idea, like maybe a couple years ago when the network came out, I was like, that's, I'm glad. Like that's actually, now I'm seeing a shift to like creating networks and things out of using just strictly social media. So it's pretty much like a social media streaming service. Like if you want to see your celebrities on TV, they give them a show. And you can pretty much sign up for like two or three dollars a month, just like anything else.
0: It's not a bad idea. Yeah. So all right. Well, you, you got the funding, so you could uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make that sell 60 apartment and see how that comes up. But uh um, hey, you started companies early in life, like what what inspired you?
1: Um the first company I've ever started, um I was I, I had just transitioned and going to, I was in public school and I ended up going into a private school for like this one year. And um, I remember I was sitting at the table and I was eating some Nalators. I was probably in like sixth grade and someone tapped me on the back of the shoulder and it was a girl, one of the students she's like, oh, can I have one? And she was like, what are these? And I'm like, these Nalators. And she was like, "By the whole, Like, you know, they all, you know, the living hand Nalators, Hot Cheetos, that wasn't a thing in this particular school. And she was like, "I'll buy the whole pack for a dollar, and they're twenty-five cents. You know, for the pack, it's on the pack itself. But you know, at that moment, I realized like it's certain things that I had in my in my community that they didn't have access to. So I took that dollar, put some money together, I went home, bought like cases of nail and stuff like that, and I ended up bringing it back to school and sold out. And like at that moment, I went from doing that. I had I have um, seven siblings." five of them um, lived with, I had five sisters. Uh, We all grew up in one literally room, like seven of us in one room. Um, And like, I remember having one day after I did that for about a month, I raised enough to give them all 60 pieces of candy each. And they would go to school and they would sell candy. Every Sunday we would meet and say, what sold, what didn't sell. Milky Milky Way's never sold. (laughs) So I don't know if y'all Milky Way fans, I'll uh, cancel it right there. But, But from there, I was, I didn't know what I was doing, but I understood supply and demand. I understood how to use a team, how to dealt with, like, cause I would do a 60 40 split with my siblings. And like, from there, I would use that to invest in another business, like the lawn care. And then from there I went to college and I invested in my tax company. And then from there I did ride sharing, which party bus, and then I went into the restaurant industry. So that was kind of like, Serious entrepreneur was kind of in my blood. It's like, how can I develop something? How can I grow it to the maximum of what I feel like it can be, and then use those funds to invest in something else that I'm passionate in.
0: Wow. Um, did you see that growing up?
1: Did you um, no, see no, it from no, somebody no, in I, the
0: family, or just something that resonated with you?
1: Well, I can say hustlers definitely grew up in my family. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, me and my me and my brother are completely opposite. Um, it goes to Tommy, as they would call us, because. You know, I was grew up in that environment and I kind of got out of it. And right. it's funny because, you know, um, my brother had to make a lot of sacrifices so to take care of our siblings so that I could have the opportunity to kind of get out. So from that mentality, the hustle mentality was definitely ingrained in us. You know, that's the reputation. I just decided a more positive hustle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and hey, man, it's, uh, everything's everything. I, I, has a start right yeah but doesn't have to finish that way yeah right so you can you can start out from the bottom and you can start out from hustling you can start out doing anything but yeah. ultimately you know it doesn't have to finish that way you can always turn it around and do something else positive so um that's a good shout out to you for you know turning things around and and, and building this um empire that you got going on right now yeah. so i i think that i me personally, I think that's a plus, so yeah. I don't look at it as a, a, oh, yeah. a negative. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it kind of worked out in your favor, right? Because yeah. now look where you at right now, and I'm pretty sure you're gonna have that impact we pay it back forward to um your brother in, yeah. in, down the line. So that's yeah. to me, that's a good thing, right?
1: Yeah, and it's always doing it like the next generation. Like I have 14 nieces and nephews, and like I try to get them as involved as possible. Like when I open up my first restaurant, I made sure like all of them were there. Like you got to see. That oh, yeah. you can, it's, it's just weird. It's just like having ownership, having something like that. That was probably one of the most emotional moments because it was like, you know, you now see them being able to actualize and be like, wow, like my uncle can do this. Like they're having conversations. They're doing business plans when I come in, you know, we're doing competitions. This is stuff that, that those are the types of games I my I play with them is like, who's going to pitch the best pitch? Like when I last visited them before the, um, like last year around about like November, mm-hmm. we had like a business plan pitch shark tank. You know and that's
0: kind of stuff that we like to do i, th- I th- that's incredible yeah. because not only that you're giving them a positive image to look at but i think what what's so incredible about it you're building a, those soft skill sets right away right yeah. how to pitch how to communicate how to do all these things and by the time they reach a certain age i'm pretty sure that they're gonna like be leagues away so yeah i think you know that's I believe in, in in getting family involved. I, I actually yeah. got a friend of mine that he's he's his company's at a ten x level right now, yeah. but he's he has family involved like day in and day out, and mm-hmm. and you see the kids they slowly maturing into like um, entrepreneurs themselves yeah. because. They've been around it for so long. And yeah. when you create a kind of space within uh, your household or a space within the family yeah. where everybody can just chip in and learn and educate themselves. So by the time they branch off and start doing their own thing, they have a yeah. piece of that and they that they take with them. So yeah. I think that's incredible. Yeah. And yeah. What, what inspired that? Um, Really what
1: inspired that is like. um. I was trying to figure out a way to give back. Um, and with family, I'm glad you mentioned family because you have to be very careful on in the, the investing in how you give in family. I usually have a rule when it comes to family, is usually if I'm doing any type of investment, I'm willing to lose and you get one shot. So that means like I'm that's one time I'm willing to. Put up some money for something, or I'm going to invest in you, but I'm not necessarily don't have to necessarily be a partner because it's only certain family member I would work with, and even my mom is funny because like my mom would try to get a job at, <laughs> in my restaurant, and I was like, no, mom, <laughs> 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 like, I was like, it's just like no, like that's. Q t- text me the other day, like, oh, they ain't working me that much. I'm gonna come up here and work for you. And I'm like, no, like, that's not we're not hiring. <laughs> like, like, so, so it's just like tough love. He's like, I don't mind helping you out. If you need something, but just being able to separate it when it comes to my nieces and nephews, you know, that's the different approach I take because it's like, you know, I'm getting them at a very younger age and I'm being able to see how about them. The, yeah. And like, I always have this mindset sometimes it's not about like, Giving someone money or funding is all about like giving them the knowledge on like what are the tools to get it. Like, you know, sometimes like businesses come to me, like you said, for funding. And it's funny because I, in the process of starting a podcast, and my podcast is going to be called Seven Streams in Seven Minutes. And the goal of that was you come and tell us what your idea and what your business is, and let's give you additional streams of like income that you could potentially make from your business because you might not need funding. It could just be. Like if you're a restaurant, have you did food delivery apps? You know, right. have you tried, you know, there's some things like you just maybe didn't think of and it's like, oh, if you would offer those additional services, that brings on funding versus giving a percentage of your company. So, so
0: it's like a, 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 it's like the pitching on the on the podcast.
1: Yeah. So it's not necessarily pitching, it's more so like they tell us they have seven minutes to explain what their business is and how they currently make money. So you had to say, hey, my name is da, da, da. These are the four ways I make money. We okay. then have seven minutes to respond and say these are seven different types of streams that you might have not thought of. And then we also have guests that are going to come on to say like that are gurus in certain industries. So some of them might not be able to say all seven. So let's say we hit you on and we're like, hey, this person's a barber and they have X, Y, and Z. What are some creative ways like seven on put you on the spot? You got seven minutes to come up with seven streams that you would give them as alternative ways uh, to I make like money. That. I like you that, know, yeah. you know, just kind of, you know, kind of put it on. Some will get it, some won't. But the whole goal is like being able to voice, you know, get exposure for your business, say what you're currently doing, and then have some alternative ways to be able to help you out. And that's a way that we can help without investing. Sorry you know, about
0: that. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so that's kind of like, you know, the family thing and just making sure, you know, that's kind of like my goal is just te- teaching the next generation from there.
0: Nah. I, I-, I- i definitely like that i like that i, I like the whole concept of it mm-hmm. and, and the give back i think is is important too so yeah. I, I definitely like that um let, let's circle back to uh, the vc capital right and okay. let's say for for example like tesla right um mm-hmm. elon musk wasn't the founder mm-hmm. but he ended up he was a seed investor uh or angel investor i'm not sure i think he invested his own money um, but let's just say he invested in in there, Eventually, he became the CEO mm-hmm. of Tesla, and then from there he started. You know, uh, they took off. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm if if I have a, a a startup company or I have a great idea and I go to someone and I say, uh, "Listen, I want you to be um, uh, invest. I want you to invest into this company right here." Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a potential that it could do like, you know, maybe 5x in the beginning, but mm-hmm. gradually just grow from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I picture to you, you're on board. And what, what is the risk? Because the potential risk is yeah. that once you get investors on board mm-hmm. and they take a certain amount of shares or some certain amount of ownerships, especially mm-hmm. when you go public, mm-hmm. you no longer have control. Mm-hmm. and the investor can go ahead and and take over the company mm-hmm. how likely is that to happen or what would you say would, would be the cause of it happening
1: so you're saying so just so i'm understanding so you're pretty okay. much saying like if a company comes to me and usually if a vc comes and invest right and with that vc if they own enough equity usually like you said if it goes public they now have more say than the actual person to start right correct, correct. Yeah, um and, you know what happens in that i feel like that's why it's very key to pick which v- what vc companies you want to manage because honestly that's what vcs do um when they usually if, the, if you're coming early stage some of those vcs own a big chunk of because the whole point of getting venture capital is so that you don't have to necessarily get it from some other place hmm. so usually if you have a really good vc depending on what stage you are they're giving you enough capital to really get that up and going and then, if they are doing another round, they're they're still in the same circle. They're maybe do one-offs and stuff like that. So pretty much, they have a you know a decent control. Um, the thing with that is, is that like you know um, from a VC standpoint, how we protect, and I'll say it from the business standpoint too, um, how we protect our stuff is that whenever you raise a fund, you have hundred percent value. Like you usually sell hundred percent equity in like a fund. So just think if you have a hundred percent, we're doing ten million. So let's say that. Um, one person wants to buy a million dollars worth they own one percent of that fund when they give that fund they know that this is very high risk so that means we could potentially lose all their money like that's what they're signing up for mm-hmm. we're not obligated to give them anything it's not like a loan or whatever they're pretty much saying you're gonna because the goal is is that you probably have 80 percent of your portfolio flop maybe the other ten percent maybe doing between one to five and then usually, the the last percentage is 10 to 100x and they're usually you you're betting on one or two of the companies in your portfolio if you let's say if you did invest in 10 you're betting on two of them to return the whole fund Mm -hmm. that's the goal so that means two of them companies you hope they return the whole fund and like one of the vc says like anybody i invest in i at least see like a 5x return potential you know, sometimes they'll, they'll look at it that way. So when it comes to our risk from our investor standpoint, those are the things. They know what they're getting in. You know, we have our disclaimers. The goal is that the reason why we want it to be the most successful is because we have to raise multiple funds after that. So even though we might close a fund, we can run simultaneously multiple funds. So our $10.7 million fund, once we close that, if we want to do a $25 million fund, we can raise those simultaneously because that allows us to get in future deals. Cause once we close that fund, we can, once we make those investments, it's been deployed. But if we see other opportunities come up, we have to now raise another fund because we have to make sure the percentage is right. Because when you make investments, when you get, when I return that, let's say we do a three X return mm-hmm. and we get $30 million back. If you own 1%, you now get $3 million, you know? So we went, you know, so that's how it work. No, from the, from the business perspective, um, You have to be able to find out what you want. I always advise, like, maybe not going over 51% um, unless you fully want the VC to take on that project. And they're going to really do a lot more than just funding you. They might be funding back support. So that means they might find you a COO or CFO. Mm -hmm. And they have, like, people that they pair you up with. Because that's what we do for our foundation part. Like, if you're lacking in certain areas, we have people on our team that we trust. and was like, hey, you're missing a financial piece. In order to get our funding, you have to hire this person. That's kind of how you slowly get taken over. What happens is you get on, you probably start up, you don't have a lot of back end support, they fund you, and then they recommend people to be on your team to help you out, and then you realize, like, oh <laughs> the VC, the VC really is owning this company. And technically, <laughs> if you got a board, if the VC's on your board and they and they bolt you out, like that's yeah. how Apple, you know, C jobs got voted off his team, you know. Yeah, that's how <laughs> um
0: um the guy. Yeah, the guy with Uber, the funders yeah. of uh, uh, the founders of Tesla, um, they got voted voted off too as well. Yeah, and and I, and I think a lot of us don't talk about that back end of the stories. We just talk about the the venture capitalists. Now, it's one thing if you have enough runway, and then you go to a VC where you 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 got more of a um, you have more leverage mm-hmm. because you you, you gain you're making money on your own when you reach a certain level and you got enough runway, you could say, okay, all right,
1: I'm yeah. coming in,
0: but I'm coming in with enough resources or enough, uh, leverage on my side where I can be a positioning. I, I could bargain from a position of power yeah. because I can say that, okay, I, I did it up to this point on my own. Yeah. And I accumulate, I, I aggregated all these, uh, not just resources, but I, um, income, I uh, built a team together. I, uh, mm-hmm. did the marketing. I did all this, uh, my team and I, we did this and now we're looking for a VC to take us to, to the next level. Right. Yeah. Then you're, you're bargaining from a, a level of power, but mm-hmm. when you're a startup completely, yeah. <laughs>
1: Only a hundred percent of nothing is nothing. <laughs> that's, the that's, that's, that's the model. People be like, Oh, uh, you know, CEO. Okay. That's nice. But you know, what's your evaluation? Um, and like from VC standpoints, it is nothing. See, and the thing about VCs as, and I knew with this I'm not necessarily an expert in it, right. but one of the things I've noticed about is strategic partnerships is key. So if we're going to make an investment in a company, more than likely we have strategic partners that can already close a deal. So let's say you're a product company and let's say one of our board of advisors is on target, you know, and they're over distribution or they're over something that's going to get you in the stores. If you have something that's going to get you in the stores, we're already doing an off deal deal. With, the v, with that person saying like, hey, I'm going to get this V, I'm going to invest in this company, you know, once they agree, we're going to be able to, um, we have more leverage at that point. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. At that point, we're coming in and we're like, hey, we're going to give you a million dollars, but we're also going to give you a $10 million distribution deal. We're going to fund it, but we want, we pretty much, we want a majority of that. You can't, we're going to fund it. We kind of close the deal ahead of time. So pretty much it makes it easier. And what, what does end up, A downfall for the person that owns a business is because you can't close a deal without us because at that point we could be like we have a connection with walmart we're gonna get you in fifty thousand stores um you know whatever it is we're gonna we're gonna fund that but we're gonna we want 70 percent of your company but this could make you a multi-millionaire that's when you get on shark tank and it's like they want to do those deals because really it's like they the cash is nothing to them it's really about them being able to reach out to someone and get you in the door And I feel like whenever you're partnering with a VC for businesses, what I would advise is you want to know who's on their board of advisors, who are going to be their strategic partners and making sure those strategic partners can help you. So if you see someone and they say, hey, this person on their board of advisors and that actually is, is going to help you out, like let's say healthcare, And like we have someone that's a CEO of like multiple hospitals or practices, then that's perfect because not only can they reinvest in you, we can now that's your first client. Right. You know saying? Like we can now brokerage that deal. And now we you know, that's how we look at it. No, you know, that's you know, that's kind of no. the most the advice I would give. I always say that if you close the deal, you can always get the money. And the reason why I say that is because like if entrepreneurship comes to me, entrepreneur a business comes to me and they're saying, hey, we have this many purchasers, or Hey, we got this person, a lot of interest or whatever. Those are like sweet spots to me. Those I don't really care about your pitch deck. Those, like, I don't really care if you present. If you have some type of contract or if you have something that you brought to the table and there's money on the table and you just need money to fulfill that, those are, like, gold mines to us. That's why on Shark Tank they're like, you got purchase orders? Oh, you need money for that? Like, you know, it makes more sense because it's like, I mean... Yeah, it's less for a risk. Yeah, it's like, and that's why they say it's contingent upon you closing Mm -hmm. the deal with whatever. (laughs) You know, if you close that, I'll give you the money. (laughs) Give me $2.00 after
0: each one you sold yeah but at at that point at at that point it's less of a risk so yeah for you to invest in and and not only that you know that the uh your returns is gonna come a lot quicker
1: yeah because there's
0: already product in place or the orders in place sorry no, All right.
1: no, and that's what I was gonna say. I was like, that's how I did, that's how I thought that out when I got my first big investor. And he told me that was a person that said I invest in the jockey, not the or um, not the horse. And he pretty much said, You have to, you, if you give me the deals, I will invest. And like with my tax company, I had to go and I did this thing called a tea time tax tour. And that means I would reach out to universities, they would pay me to come on campus and I'll file the taxes for free for the students, but the university would pay me. I reached out to probably, I would say, 2,000 universities. There was a lot of no's. They narrowed down to 40 yeses, and then we ended up doing 15 universities. But with those 15 universities, it was over like $100,000 in money that they pretty much said, if you come to our school, we'll pay you the check after you leave. I took those letters of intent, and I took it back to the guy, and I said, hey, I need like 50K um, investment to do the sewer. And he wrote the check for it. So, you know, and I gave him back his money at the end of the tax and we went our way. And at that moment, it was like it was I always the same kind of I felt like that was fair. Like I was like, well, it made me work harder because it was like I got the yes of saying if I get you the contracts, I get the letter of intent, you're going to fund it. So that's the same way I look for even with my VC. If someone comes to me and they're whether they're a product or technology, if you have like secured contract or some way secure that someone's going to buy your product, pre-sales, whatever that is, that is you get moved to the top of the list.
0: And that's a very long list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, you know, everybody think they got their, their products and uh, the best product. As an entrepreneur, you, you, you never look at things like uh, it's going to fail. All right. Even though, you know, you may have to pivot, you may have to like... Uh, Go from a different direction, but you never look at things like, oh, it's going to fail. You l- always look at the positive side, like yeah. All right, this company is going to be <laughs> successful. <laughs> and, and, and you know, sometimes it doesn't work out and then you have to, you know, you start another company or you, you sell it off or, or whatever yeah. the case may be. But uh, t- to your point, yes, um, mm-hmm. it, it, everybody going to think they have it and they want to move up the, the top of the list mm-hmm. uh, because they everybody think they got something that's a, that's a winner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um but it, when you have that scenario where mm-hmm. you have like uh both uh, both ends of the coin covered basically mm-hmm. like all right for, for for the example that you said you had the school covered and then you had the uh the investor covered. So yeah. from that point for as an investor that's looking in it's like okay so win-win situation. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> and, and so from there, but then you still can negotiate from a level of power, right? Because uh you still got the leverage because yeah. you did all the work.
1: Yeah.
0: It's already there. So you just handing it to the person and yeah. saying that. So then you can you can negotiate the terms that you you would like.
1: Yeah. And I feel like and you're completely right about that. And that's why I would say you gotta, you gotta you now have more say so because now you have multiple people that want that deal. Like now you're more attractive attractive right. to certain people. Right. And I feel like whenever you have that, now you can shop around you can say, Hey, I got this. And now you can, you could go a loan route. You know, the only reason why I went with an investor because I saw, I knew I wanted some, I wanted the relationship and I wanted to capital down the line. It wasn't just this deal. It was like, okay, what are your connections with, you know, for the future, you right, know, because right. that person like connected me with people like from Google, from like Microsoft, some other. So I was more so looking for when I'm looking for investors is like, for that particular venture, what else can you offer me? And you offered me more than just capital, mentorship, funding, and you also got me connections. So that those are like all checkoff lists um that you know you definitely want, to, you know, advise and stuff like that. Um
0: how 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 much does relationships work or play a part in and the in your industry?
1: Um relationships play a huge part in our industry. Um you have to keep in mind that like we are holding things that people value the most. And that is money. Um, right. And 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 like you, I always give the analogy to people. Like you have friends that will ask you for money and you know, for a doubt, they're going to pay you back. And you have some that you're going to count that as a loss. <laughs> 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 so, so in, and then you have people that you don't know? So if when people hit me up, with VC and stuff like you, have, you start off don't know, so it really comes down. Those are the three categories I put something people in. If I know you, the disadvantage is I now know you have a likelihood of not paying me or paying me. So that dis- is a disadvantage when it comes to relationships. So I feel like that was, the, and I also learned relationships was very key because when I started my first tax company, um, if they were gonna, if I, I I get very personal, like I people confront all year, but when you do your taxes. Your tax person knows what you really got.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> so
1: whatever that is, and if you ain't claiming it, then technically it don't matter to me. So, so it's just one of those things. So, like, I having that level of transparency, it made me realize that, like, I had to come off, I had to be very ethical, and I had to make sure I had to create a sense of relationships because I'm someone. Usually, if you have your tax person or a lawyer, those are people you stick with, with very long term, unless they screw you. Right, you right. Probably, if you if you find a good mechanic or a good tax person. You rarely gonna like venture off because it's one of those things you don't want to have to deal with. Like, that's something IRS you don't want to have to deal with. Right. So, I learned the skill of relationship from that company of like, okay, now that I'm in the VC, is that I'm going, I had to start building these relationships with investors, start building these relationships with the companies. So, I would say um, if you are looking for like going into getting money from a VC, start understanding their background of who you're trying to get money from. Because if you could say certain things like, oh, you did this in an article or, oh, you did this, that lets them know that you did your research. Because mm-hmm. the more research that you did to find me and to get the funding, like, I'm going to equate that to you being successful in your business, if that makes sense. Like, if like, you were that intentional to get my attention and want my funding, then mm-hmm. I know like when it comes to getting your money from the people that are supposed to be paying for your services, you're going to be just intentional. That's how I look at it.
0: I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And that's, that's, uh, that, that's a hundred percent right there. Um, the other, the other good thing about it, if they research you so well and they get like down, because I think nowadays, um, social media have made it, made things a little bit easier, but at the yeah. same time, um, it doesn't give you all the information. Yeah. So if you can go ahead and find some more details, cause sometimes I would have to go through, um, uh, different pages just mm-hmm. to find out what this person is working on, what they got yeah. going on, and when you do take the time and the, the initiative to to really dig deep, yeah. and then go have the conversation with the person and say, "Hey, man, this is what I, I realize you've been working on. This is what mm-hmm. you, um, I see that you got going on, and this is how I could add value to you." And yeah. Then it becomes like, "Okay, this person's serious about doing business." Yeah, because not only that they did the research and trying to get to know me, but they see where I, they could add value. They see where okay, this is where I'm probably missing out on, or or area of improvement, or area of opportunity that may be there that I didn't see, and they noticed it, right? So that means this this person is serious about business. So I I agree, that's one hundred percent, man.
1: Yeah, and I always said I'm glad you you added that value thing. I feel like um, with any good pitch deck, there should always be who 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 are all the parties that benefit, and it needs to be clear on how it's going to be because just because i'm investing in you some some people forget that like the investment like that's not maybe i don't necessarily always see that as a benefit so you have to kind of state like in your thing this is how it's benefiting you of being invested yeah you just think like i want your money and you invest and they say all the things that you're going to do to make it successful but of course it kind of be it can kind of be um left unsaid that you're going to invest and get a return but i don't know that like right unless right. you say like in your benefits like I kind of look for that it's like I need to be able to say like you're going to you potentially want to pay me back.
0: <laughs> that is <be> true. Right.
1: <laughs> or you want to you know you this could help me with my branding or this fits with my portfolio. Right, you right. know like so right. when you when you state a benefits tab it also lets me know how you're going to benefit and it also lets me know how your consumer is going to benefit because a lot of people I I have a philanthropic arm. So like if you're creating a product that's going to benefit someone that doesn't mean like you're you're selling a product, I get that, but it's like I need to know how it's gonna benefit when they buy your product. Right. That's a difference. It's a difference from saying I'm going to market to a person versus this is what it's gonna be when someone benefits when they buy my product. So right. I feel like people leave that out like what is your benefits from who who's all gonna benefit? I want to know how you're gonna benefit. I wanna know how the consumer that's buying your product is gonna benefit. And as an investor, how am I gonna benefit in addition to like me receiving a return on my investment and actually put that in your your benefits, because I want you to know that I want I'm gonna benefit from that, you know, because no, that, you, you know I, people forget that.
0: <laughs> no, that that's you. You're absolutely correct, and I'm um, just gonna chime in a little bit mm-hmm. because one of the things that uh, we had several people, I would say about a handful. Let me, let me take it there. We had a handful of people that wanted to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I asked my team uh, when they present, hey, this person here, blah, 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 you know, and they run down through the, the list of things. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I always say, okay, so what's the value that they bring in that we're going to share mm-hmm. to the viewers? Mm-hmm. And I always want to stress that out: is what is the value that we? It, it, it's not necessarily for us. It's not mm-hmm. necessary. Yeah, that we could have them on the show. We could talk about certain things. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if it's not bringing value to the viewers, mm-hmm. then it may not be a good fit for us, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's when you come start to realize, um, you know, when people talk about product fix, um, it it plays a part. You got to see yeah. where. How does this benefit? The brand or how does this benefit uh the viewers or the customers how yeah. does it benefit and if it doesn't bring in that much value then at the end of the day then you're just doing it just to do it yeah right. Yeah. and so i i agree 100 uh, 100 i just um i just hope that every time we do certain things yeah, that you know we're providing the value and it's meeting the expectations of the viewers or, or the customers or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and that's really the, the goal for us. And, and I'm sure that's the goal for you guys because mm-hmm. you, you could take the money, but if it's yeah. not yeah. gonna, all right, I don't believe in taking money if I don't believe that I can do something with the money,
1: Yeah. if
0: it's not going to be something that's going to be successful. Yeah. All right. Or if it's not going to be something that's going to be worth, uh, ch- it's not going to be worth cha- a challenge, so it's not going to be a big enough challenge to yeah. solve a problem that's going to add value. Correct. Because if it doesn't, then why am I taking the money? Yeah. You know, because then I'm I, I'm responsible. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm fully yeah. responsible, and I don't yeah. want to be responsible for something that I, I in in my mind I think that it it, it won't add that much value. It doesn't yeah. make sense, right? Yeah. Then I'm just flaunting it. I'm pretending to be an entrepreneur rather yeah. than trying to fix a problem or add value to the people out there in the world.
1: Yeah, and that's good that you think of like like you said that benefit thing. And like you said, like that's you know that's very important. You 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 think about it internally, but being able to like see like someone say that you know it's always a difference of like because I always believe it should be a win win for everyone.
0: Absolutely. Um, you
1: know what I'm saying? So whenever you're doing a deal, I even when I like bring people on my team. Even if you're an intern, I'll be like, well, you need to let me know what, what you plan to get out of this. Because I want to be clear that you feel like – because some people can be so – and like you said, when you launch stuff, they can be so happy just to be a part of it. And it's like they have these expectations that you don't know yet. But mm-hmm. you, I just want to be clear because I want you to be happy. I don't want later on we blow up and you were like, dang, I was with you in the gym. And I'm like, I, 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 I mean, I you gave me the water, but I didn't know you wanted like, to – I didn't know you wanted to like, <laughs> – you know, you were part of the deal. You should let me go. I wanted, to, I needed to know that. So, I mean, the water did help hydrate me. I'm not saying it's essential, but I just need to know that you know you wanted to, you know, you wanted to receive a little something for that. So, I just want to know anybody that's in my gym. I just want to know what role you're playing. And I always tell, like, um, with HBCUC, we call everybody on our team growers. Because the whole goal is that we are investing in businesses and their seeds and anybody that is going to come on our team, they have to be master growers to make sure that they grow to be as successful as possible. So we can all eat off the tree, you know, and we can be able to continue to grow and replant this. So whenever I um, I was like, you know, I start off that conversation with that. And I was like, as a grower, you know, what kind of value do you feel like you could add to the team as a grower? What skills you have and what do you want to take away? Um and like those have been honestly, I don't have a long application. Usually between what is your dream job and what do you want to get gives me everything I need to know about that person. Because usually, if you say what is your dream job, they're gonna say either it's their passion or something's gonna make something that they really want to make. I was like, if money's not if you could pick any position on the team that you feel like we need, I'm not putting you in a position because now that makes it easier for me to either say you're a good fit or you're not, because we have a set people Mm. that we know we need. But I would rather you – versus you applying for a job saying, I'm applying for this position, I would want you to tell me what the position is so I can know that I'm going to put you in that. So that's reverse psychology. Because I can say, hey, I'm hiring an office manager. And you get all kinds of people, they see the salary, okay, I'm hiring, I want to be an office manager. But you – that wasn't like – that's not something you would dream to be. So I don't even like put what I'm hiring when I put out my application. I just say, what is your dream job and what do you – um." you know, what do you want to benefit from this? Because I want to know specifically, like they'll say like, Hey, I'm trying to go to school or, Hey, I need this. That lets me know a friend that if I'm doing something, I can kind of tie that job to it. So one of the benefits might be instead of giving you health benefits that you won't like school or you want this, let me fund one of your projects. Sometimes it'd be as simple as that. Yeah. And, you know, the reason why I got that idea is because there used to be this app called, um, what's still out, it's called zestful and it's pretty much an employee benefit app. And one of the things that the reason why the founder created it, he did a survey. He said you could either have a uh, six figure $100,000 or you could have $75,000 you could have all these benefits. And that means like free gym membership, you know, Netflix, all these other things. The benefits came up to be around about like 5 to 10 grand. Right, right. And the mentality of it, majority of people picked the benefits versus the increased salary. Mm. Because they felt like, oh, I get free Netflix, or oh, I get a free gym. Like people, it was more tailored to certain things that they wanted. So he realized at that moment it's not about giving you more money. Cause when you get more money, it's not that you get you you spend it on those things. You now find more bills and stuff to spend it on. But if you have designated to say, I'm going to help you out, we'll give you free Netflix for 12 months, that could be more than paying somebody, increasing someone's salary. Surprisingly, true. that could that could be. A, I don't got paid for Disney Plus included. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you have to remember that's like someone's joy, like going through all their Disney movies. Yeah, they can be true. on their on their that downtime, true. and you be like, Dave, that was a hundred dollars, and I don't to be raised." Yeah,
0: no, no, I agree, and <laughs> and the reason I say I, this is so it's interesting because. I'm a, I'm a movie buff. Like yeah. I, I love to, to, I can't binge watch. Like I can't like, yeah. yeah. Like after the first three series, I mean, I mean four or five episodes, I'm like, All right, I'm done. Right? <laughs> so, but I love to watch movies. So even yeah. if it's a great movie, I don't mind watching it over two or three times. Like I have yeah. no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, so I get what you're saying. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, I, I can watch this movie for free. I don't have yeah. to do anything. Yeah. Okay. It's part of the package. All yeah. right, fine. But then again, that's the one less bill I got to worry about yeah. or one less transaction I have to do or one yeah. less, you know, one less step I have to yeah. do. Cause now it's like, okay, I, I can see the benefit of it. Yeah. And I can see why it, it can be more attractive than the yeah. other the portion. Yeah. But I think if you're a disciplined person, I think you probably want the money. But if you, yeah. if you're the type of person that know, okay, this is making my life a lot easier yeah. and l- l- less stress. Then yeah. I can see the benefit of it. And and it's I crazy. Value and
1: and it's funny you mentioned discipline. Mean, it's crazy about uh, crazy about it is that our our society is so con- about convenience that <laughs> people would take convenience over cost. Yeah, and you would think that you would think that people would take the salary. And there's only so many mature people that would think like I would take the salary. And those are the same people that. Realize that getting a refund on your tax return at the end of the year is not a good thing because Iris is holding your money. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, so it's very, very few that will be like, you know what, I can invest and I can do my own thing and I'm good. But, like, some people would take that uh, Grub South one hundred dollar gift card each month for a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, yeah, that would satisfy them. Like, yeah, like yeah. People were like, oh, I love to eat, and I love to travel. Okay, well, here's the travel. Like, you can, you can. Here's some. Here's a hotel or whatever. You be. That's what because they like you said at that point, it's like one less thing they could check off. And it's like okay i now i'm forced to do this and i also recommend like sometimes it's good that people do take that option because sometimes you do need that that force of like i have to force to go watch a movie i have to force to kind of get out and like do certain things and that's why um i asked those two questions because i really want to know like what you enjoy doing because like you can say you want to make money all day but like you do enjoy life you do want to enjoy life so mm-hmm. that being said like what really makes you happy Cause if I can solve that issue, if I know this is what's gonna take for you, this is what you want to do for me, so I'm gonna give you the position that you said you were expert in, and I can also solve the issue of like what you what you want in life or what you want to benefit. Right. If you could do that, that's how you get the Google employees. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah you know that's yeah. how the Chick Fil A you know trains their employees. I have met, which they went open today. I don't know why, but I was
0: <laughs> <look at>
1: that <laughs> they made me think of it. I'm like, dang, I wanna. See. But,
0: nah, nah. No, but I, I I get what you're saying. Um, the the only thing is sometimes a person think they could be skillful at this area, and then after a couple of observations or a couple of suggestions, and you realize maybe you're good at this area, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe you have to shift them over. Um, so yes, if if they can for your gym analogy that you said earlier i I love it by the way because now if everybody's in the gym and what position you could play and and everybody's everybody plays a part even the the towel boy the person that's bringing you the water like you said earlier (laughs) you got the water boy the towel person whoever it is or if you or this is the position you play on the court yeah so everybody brings something to the table yeah but not everybody's gonna be skillful at that and that's why um jim collins book um, good to Great, where he described how yeah. you got to get the right people on the bus, but then yeah. you got to put them in the right seat. Right. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> it's one thing to get people on, on the bus is another thing to get them into the right seat in the right position. So mm-hmm. sometimes you may have to shift and rotate until you get them into the right because they, yeah. they may belong there because they got the passion or they got they believe in the value system that you, you're going to provide. And but it, they just may not be in that right. Yeah situation so you just got to reposition sometimes and once they find that position that they like then you can see okay but i agree you got to be a two-way street like yeah you know what is it that you're looking for these are our expectations and what are you looking for what's your expectations from us right yeah and then once we have that two-way agreement then it's like okay let's let's see what can happen from there because now i see your point of view and what you want to get out of this now you know what we want to get out of this and let's mm-hmm. try to be in the middle and then make some magic happen so
1: yeah i agree
0: yeah man but uh this been great i didn't yeah. realize we were <laughs> <It'd be fine>. <laughs> <laughs> they went they pretty quickly man I, I i like this but t man where can they reach you if they needed to
1: yeah, so you can reach me on social media. Really, I'm on Instagram mainly um, um, at Time 93 so m 93. Um, or you can reach me at Terrell, T-E-R-R-E-L, at hbcuc.com. Um, that's my exact email address. So that's the email address I share. But if you go to my social media or Instagram, at least, um, and on LinkedIn, um, Terrell T. Time Davis is my LinkedIn um, but yeah, if you search any of those, um, my email is pretty public out there, shoot me an email or a text or something like that. Well, not, a, I don't got my text out there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but shoot me an email or a DM and I'll definitely, uh, you know, try to get back with you as soon as I can. But uh, nah, I appreciate you for having me, um, and hope I can drop some jewels and hopefully we can do some collabs as well later on.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I would love to make
1: it. some things happen.
0: Hey, man, before we go, I just want to say mm-hmm. I love what you did with that uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. I think you sent it over to Rick Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, the package alone, yeah. I thought that was uh, incredible. Um, yeah. uh, the whole presentation, I thought it was incredible. And, and the fact that Rick Ross reposted yeah. <laughs> me, I thought I, I, yeah. it, it, it stood out. And yeah. and that's what and that's another thing, too. I, even myself i got to learn that i got to learn like how to make it a good first impression yeah when you when you're trying to get somebody uh, to represent your services yeah. right yeah. so
1: and i can send over that link of the company that i used um, i always like that's one of the things i re- Whenever you're trying to reach someone big or reaching an influencer, I always suggest doing the lumpy mail method. That means being able to get their address and sending them something so big that like they have to kind of respond or like, what is this? Um, And I know people were visual and, you know, it was like I knew I couldn't send a regular email. So with those, they're called video mailers. Um, I was able to kind of put my vision into that, record it and then send it. So I know no matter what, when you open it. I'm right there. (laughs) There's no (laughs) issue. Like, you see me. If if it could have been a hologram, I would have paid for it. But, like, you only, you know, you use those for the people that you're really trying to reach out to. You know what I'm saying? Um, And, like, get their attention to. Some people will respond. Some people won't. The whole goal was not necessarily just respond. But it's, like, when I do get to a certain way in my career, if my name comes up, they'll remember and see, like, it's a familiar face. So I even think that from that perspective, Mm -hmm. I had, like, 100 of them. I sent them out to all the HBCU schools. And I sent them out to, like, you know, a couple people diddy. even send it to diddy and stuff like that. So I can see when they sign for and stuff like that. My thing is like, even if they don't respond, I know later on I have intentions on meeting them, and I want to be like, oh yeah, you sent me that. You know, yeah, I, yeah,
0: that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. just
1: want to know what their thoughts were when they received it. Like a couple years from now, you know. What nah, saying? it's
0: definitely a wild wow factor. Like yeah. the moment I I saw it and it, yeah. look, you saw the reaction that crossed it. Yeah, so it was like a real <laughs> wild wow factor. Like wow, this is big right here. Yeah. <laughs> And he was yeah. thinking about using it too. He's like, yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. So I ended up sending him like the link to do it. And that was a conversation. And that's why that I'm glad you said the thing that how it benefits. One of the best things that I've done with that video Miller is being able to share that, how I did mine with other people. Cause the next reaction is like, I want to do this for something I have. So if you're going to do something and put content out there, if it's going to be so great where it's like, I want to do it for me, that's the best response you can have because now they're actually, you're helping them, you're benefiting. Because he was like, I need this for my thing. Like, if you're if that's the mindset, and that's really been, I kid you not, every person, like, even when I talk to the university, they're like, we need to send this out to our alumni. Like, how can I get the video? (laughs) Like, who designed it? Can I get the designer? So that's a really dope thing to be able to do. When you create something, you're reaching out to something. If you can create something so dope that they want to use it themselves, that's how you can benefit them. Yeah. And you can even offer that up because they might be thinking it. They might not want to feel like they're copying you. And if you give it up like, hey, like I'll send you myself. They'll be like, oh, OK, good. Because um, I was going to ask you, <laughs> you know, because sometimes that's the thing. Like they'll think like, I don't want to be like that one. Like,
0: nah, nah, you no, know no, I think it's a great uh yeah. what, what they call that again, a, a conversational piece, like yeah. something that, to spark the conversation. Yeah. And from there, look, look how it, look how it, it it evolved. Yeah, Look like it evolved. So I think that's a great. That's a great tool, man. Yeah. It's a great tool. I like that.